Coming up next on The Jeff Curley Show, we're going to talk about human trafficking, the sex trade, and a very unique ministry called Project Moses. That's just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Curley, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, there is a global crisis going on right now related to the sex trade, human trafficking, pornography. Uh, e even these days, a, a teenager can get it on their cell phone. And we're going to talk today, uh, one of the leaders with Project Moses, she's Reverend Audrey Sutton from uh, St. Philip's Episcopal Church. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. Well, I'm fascinated to learn more about Project Moses and how you got involved. So that's a fun story. Thank you for asking. Um, Project Moses was um, a ministry that was started on the, on the grassroots level by parishioners out of St. Michael's and All Angels Episcopal Church in Dallas. I had no idea about this. About 10 months ago, um, during my morning prayer time, I had a, a very strong um, call, a very strong sense that this was human trafficking was a ministry I needed to participate in, which was very odd and very much out of the blue. I'd had no exposure. I walked in, um, asked my colleagues to pray for me, and I was immediately put in touch with Mark and Terry Demler, um, sort of just as coaches to talk. Um, I'd reached out to them, hadn't heard back yet. By the end of that day, I had received a phone call from a parishioner asking if we did this ministry and connected with another person who has a spouse that wanted to participate. So at the end of 24 hours, we had three people that wanted to do this ministry. I found that very suspicious in a good way. Um, so I began um, making phone calls. I met with the Demlers and things just began to evolve. They told me about their ministry, Project Moses, and it seemed like a good fit. So we began Project Moses North out of St. Philip's Episcopal Church in Frisco. And within a couple of weeks, we had 20 people involved and then more people involved. And I know I'm using a lot of numbers, but within a matter of seven months, we had 40, almost 50 people on our team. Okay. Um, and we had not recruited a single person. These wow. were people that we had met, that we had talked to, that felt um, a push or a call. And the people that are involved really in the leadership of this have all said that they felt like God was calling them to this work. Mm. Um, and tell us what the mission and ministry of um, Project Moses is. Mm, fighting for freedom. Fighting for freedom. Um, proclaiming freedom to the captive. Um, you know, Jesus in Luke 4 says specifically that he has come to proclaim freedom and to set the captive free. And, and we hold true to that. Um, that all people have inherent human dignity because they are created in the image of God. That is, that is what we believe. And um, we want to support the agencies that work on the front lines, specifically St. Philip's North um, in Frisco. You know, the best wars 
not the best wars. Um, the most successful battles are won not because of the front line, but also because of the people behind the front line, mm. um, the logistics, um, the people supporting the front line. So we feel like our job is to help support the front line, which are those agencies that are making rescues and providing services directly to survivors. Yes. And there are some wonderful videos out there, including this survivor story. It all began right here in Dallas, Texas. At the age of 17, I ran away from home. After a few months of living homeless on the streets and using drugs, I found myself working in a strip club. And I hated what I was doing. And I wanted to get away from there. I should have been in high school. I ran into this guy that seemed cute, and I thought he would be my boyfriend, and I thought I would get out. And he began trafficking me. And I had multiple traffickers over the course of 10 years. I wasn't able to escape until the federal authorities finally became involved. I was arrested and sentenced because I was too scared to tell on my trafficker. It wasn't until he turned himself in to serve that same prison sentence that I knew I had 20 months to start my life over before he hunted me down and killed me like he always told me he would. I kind of floundered for a while. I went right back to that 17-year-old girl I was when I met him and began experimenting with drugs again and not processing any of the trauma that I had been through. I blamed myself. I thought it was my choice. I thought somehow that I just made really bad choices and that I got what I deserved. Not looking back and seeing, no, that 17-year-old girl that met that 37-year-old man and I was manipulated and abused and controlled from day one, that was never my choice. It wasn't until I became pregnant in 2011 that I finally realized I needed to change my life. I wanted to come back to Texas, and so God made a way, and I moved back to Texas on January 7, 2012. Two hours after I got here, I went to church. They showed me grace and love, gave me warm hugs, and taught me how to love myself. For the Wow. I, and I know that there are a number of organizations in Dallas-Fort Worth that you guys work with. New Friends, New Life is, a, is a, a, a guest that we've had on our show a number of times. Tell us how you work with others. So we are part of the North Texas Coalition Against Human Trafficking, um, which is a, a large network in North Texas of different agencies, churches, and other ministries that help in the fight against human trafficking. One of the primary ways that we fight back against this is through education. If you stop the demand, if you stop the pipeline, if you educate young people, adults, and everybody in between, you know what to look for. You know what to not participate in. So our, we reach out to these agencies like New Friends, New Life, um, POEMA, Shepherd's Watch, a number of other organizations, and they help us to do that. So we've really partnered with them and where we can, we offer them support, financial support, um, with ministries, being boots on the ground when we can, and those sorts of things. Sure. We've got some just generic, um, I'm going to call it sex trade video. For the person watching saying, well, um, are, are, some of them are coerced, but others are doing it willingly. They're, you know, they're paying their way through college. What do you say to that person who says it's a victimless crime? It is not um, a victimless crime. Um, for a person, I say a person because human trafficking, sexual exploitation does not know age or race or gender. Um, this affects all people in all places. Even you sitting in your home or your office right now, this is in your community, just like it's in my community. 
if somebody is already in a place, if a person is in a place where they are being sexually exploited or participating in the sex trade, their their human dignity has already been compromised. Mm. It's already been compromised. Let's address pornography because uh, when I was a little kid, you, you had to go f find somebody who would buy a Playboy or a penthouse for you. These days, any cell phone has this on there unless it's blocked somehow. Yes. Um, sadly, yes. And, and pornography is a piece of this um, terrible puzzle. It truly is. Uh, it's hard. Um, to name specific statistics. And I know that there are some research studies that have happened and there are professionals that do have statistics. I am not somebody that can ramble those off to you right now. Um, but there is an increasingly concerning number of people coming forward. They have been coerced into pornography. If you are purchasing pornography from a website, you are part of the demand. And those pornography websites are housing children that are being trafficked. Young girls that are made to look like adult women, young men that are made to look like adult men, and then their content is being sold. Content that has not been licensed, content that cannot be given permission for because they are minors. And just as a side note, any young person that is sexually exploited under the age of 18 is considered human trafficking legally. Mm -hmm. um, so purchasing pornography in any form is participating in that demand is participating in that. I want to know about you and when you got the calling. And as you're telling us about this, I want to show on the screen um, you preaching. This is just a clip. I think you were visit a visiting preacher at another church yes. that day. Yes. Um, when did you get the calling? The call into ministry or the call into human trafficking ministry? Uh, let's, let's do a call into ministry. To ministry. That is a long story. Um, when I was a teenager, actually, at this church that I'm a guest preacher at, mm -hmm. um, there was a, a lovely woman that was our, our youth Bible study leader, and I remember telling her, I think I want to be a nun. I think I want to be a nun. Um, God had other plans. And um, I went into youth ministry. I went to school for youth ministry, and the call really started to form in 2013. By 2016, I had had a um, distinct spiritual experience where I knew I was called. Um, I began to tell the priest that I, that I worked under as a youth minister and also my spouse, and um, everybody was like, yeah, it's about time. Um, wow. So others saw the call before I did. And that's what's really interesting about this human trafficking call mm -hmm. is it felt very similar. It felt very similar. I, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was a work um, that I was called to. Well, your eyes just uh, light up when you talk about it. Do you feel like this is going to be your legacy? This is why you were put on the planet? Is this, is this it? Um, I don't know. I, I hope that my legacy would be a God-fearing woman that um, attempted to follow in the steps of Christ. That's what I would like. Um, but in, if I can help a few people along the way, then um, that's wonderful. Outstanding. Yeah. Okay, we only have a, a minute or two left. Uh, final thoughts, and, and look into that camera on the left because that's, uh, that's the viewer. What do you want to say to the person who is curious about this, wants to get involved, mm. um, uh, also is feeling called to help? Yeah. Um, believe in yourself. Be brave. Um, take that first step. Every person that is educated, every person that hears about this um, is one more person that is part of the solution. Um, it's one step closer to saving people that are being um, held against their will in any form, um, through coercion or force. 
You can uh, participate in Project Moses. We would love to have you join us. Um, you can find us by doing a quick Google search, Project Moses, which will take you to the St. Michael's and All Angels website. That's the Episcopal Church in Dallas. Or you can go to stphillipsfrisco.org, which is our Episcopal Church in Frisco. Go to the Missions tab and find Project Moses under that tab. Outstanding, Reverend Sutton. Thanks for coming on the show. We're going to end with the website one more time, which is stphillipsfrisco.org. Appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.